All right, welcome to another episode of the Rhino Report. Uh, Going to focus a little bit on a recent event in the uh, criminal justice world. Uh, sure, many of you saw the death of uh, Bernie Madoff, uh, white-collar criminal extraordinaire. Uh, this is a subject area that's got a lot of interest to me because uh, when I did my master's work at the University of Cincinnati, my thesis study uh, re research was on white collar crime. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't really know a whole lot about this subject when I actually began studying it in grad school um, in my career at that point. And the study that I'd done was, you know, mainly just about your, you know, common everyday street criminals, you know, drug dealers, burglars, uh, you know, violent criminals, things like that. But I was really shocked and horrified how much of this really does go on and how many lives these guys that do these things these type of white collar crimes, the lives that they wreck and ruin many times over a lot of times worse than uh, what the common everyday street criminal does. But the frustrating thing is even when these guys do end up doing time, they very rarely do a just amount of time. Now that wasn't the case with Madoff. He was sentenced to pretty much the rest of his life in prison and obviously he died in prison, but I plan on doing a, a whole series on these white collar criminals throughout the rest of the spring into the summer. And, uh, you know, you'll find more times than not, uh, you know, you got your Jordan Belford, Wolf of Wall Street and other ones like that, that uh, are continuing to roam the streets free people today, despite the, you know, lives and futures and, uh, you know, things that they have destroyed for their own personal greed. Um, but as you guys remember, Bernie Madoff was convicted of the largest Ponzi scheme in American history. Now, a Ponzi scheme you know, most of you guys are aware it's basically where a fraudulent uh, uh, investment of some type is set up and uh, you take in the money from the new investments and you pay these investors off with phony returns, uh, you know, that are made up, obviously, but you pay them with the money from new investors that are coming in. So to bide time and to satisfy them, you uh, you pay them off of some of the new money that comes in. And this will work for a while, but you all know what the problem is when you are running a Ponzi scheme. In the end, uh, when you stop getting new investors in, uh, you don't have m new money coming in. You don't have money to pay off, uh, you know, the people that are wanting returns on their investment. And pretty soon the thing collapses. Uh, I've heard some, uh, and I don't necessarily disagree with this, uh, you know, refer to our Social Security system as uh, something similar to that. But anyway, this is a scheme that really came about by an Italian immigrant about 100 years ago or so named Charles Ponzi. He's the one that designed this uh, scheme, if you will. And uh, he was promising clients a 50% profit in 45 days or 100% profit in 90 days. Um, he pulled this scam off for about a year uh, before it collapsed, costing uh, investors equal to what would be about $250 million today. Now, while we're going to get into it in a little bit, what Madoff did was way worse than that. But uh, Ponzi came up with that, and, you know, it is to this day, you know, referred to in his name, uh, this scheme that he come up with, that he came up with. And this uh, allows, you know, again, it works as long as you have new people coming in that you can take money from and pass on to uh, your original investors. But, you know, until, you know, 
but once that the new ones stop coming in and the m- new money stops coming in, as I said, the uh, the scheme will collapse. Now, Madoff was born in New York, uh, just Jewish middle class family. His dad was a pr- plumber and a stockbroker. Uh, briefly attended law school, but dropped out to join Wall Street. Um, later, he secured a loan from his father-in-law to set up his investment firm. And uh, he and his wife became uh, big donors uh, to many prominent New York area Democrats, uh, Chuck Schumer being one of them, which in my opinion, Chuck Schumer is a snake and a crook, so they probably made good friends. Uh, but uh, some have questioned whether or not his uh, political connections like this maybe helped him evade law enforcement for as long as he did. Um, there's no, I guess, per se proof of anything like that actually happening. But um, nonetheless, it was something that uh, that did happen or possibly could have happened. Um, but by 1999, uh, he's he has remarkable returns coming in and uh, it's just better than than anybody could have actually probably even dreamed of. You know, I mean, he has remarkable returns and, you know, as long as people are making money, a lot of times they don't question it, you know, and we were all taught when we were young to follow that uh, age old, uh, you know, saying there of, uh, you know, if it sounds too good to be true or looks too good to be true, it probably is. Well, that is so much very true with this, but unfortunately, uh, nobody actually probably took that into account um, for, you know, whether or not that actually uh, was the case. And uh, these people are making good money. His investors probably not questioning that he's doing way better, you know, more phenomenal than anybody else is doing anywhere near or similar to him. So, uh, you know, yeah. So at some point people probably should have figured out that uh, maybe something's not really right here, but it wasn't until about 1999 financial analysts, Harry Malkopis, or I think it's Marco Polis, uh, informed the SEC that it was uh, legally and mathematically impossible to achieve the gains Madoff claimed. Now, uh, you know, Madoff was, uh, he had a good public persona. Um, he donated to a lot of charities, but unfortunately they found out afterwards he also uh, targeted a lot of uh, Jewish organizations, hospitals, charities, things that uh, he was able to actually scam money from. And unfortunately, some of these charities actually closed. Now, again, like I said, it go a lot of times these white collar criminals do way more damage than actual, uh, you know, street criminals do. But unfortunately, uh, they don't pay the price anywhere near as much most of the time. And uh, yeah, it wasn't just his investors, you know, per se, the individual investors of lives he ruined. He ruined the lives of many charities and many people that uh, had, that he had put uh, they'd put his trust in him, um, but uh, this all continued, uh, you know, and his fraud finally caught up the best of him, and uh, finally the SEC gets tired of it. They arrest him for fraud, and uh, it's estimated at that time uh, initially that the loss was up to about sixty five billion, and that's with a B. That's not an M. That is a B. As I said, if you you know, the original guy that's credited for starting the Ponzi scheme, Charles Ponzi, you know, pulled off equivalent to today's money, a $250 million Ponzi scheme. Well, that is, you know, that's not even, you know, in the same universe per se as uh, what uh, Madoff pulled off here by pulling off basically $65 billion scheme. Um, finally, he did, uh, 
ultimately plead guilty in uh, March of 2009, um, but he did not cooperate with the, uh, you know, the investigation. A lot of people believe that was probably because he did not want to, uh, you know, indict his co-conspirators or anything like that. Um, June 29th, 2009, sentenced to 150 years in federal prison. Now, that as I said a little bit ago, is rare. There is, you know, some good from this case that that there was a lot of justice. And, uh, you know, whether, you know, you believe whatever your religious beliefs are, or if you believe karma or whatever your thing is, you know, his life, he did suffer very much from it. You know, he had uh, a son, I believe, that committed suicide while he was in prison, um, suffered some health problems later. I think at one point he was even attacked a time or two in prison. But he was sentenced to 150 years in federal prison. Um, the judge received no mitigating letters or support from any family or friends. And he noted that was telling that, you know, basically Madoff had no redeeming qualities. There was nothing good about him. He was a born huckster and uh, a scam artist. And, uh, you know, not too many people could say anything good about him. Um, his wife uh, even later said that, uh, you know, she couldn't believe all these things when she found out about it. And uh, this was not the man she married, quote unquote. But, uh you know, um, that really says some too, because I think most of us, you know, could at least get family or a few close friends or something that could write a letter on our behalf to the judge or maybe come to court and testify as a character witness or something to that effect. But that didn't happen with Madoff. Um, nobody uh, had anything good to say about the guy. And uh, as I said, the lives that he wrecked and, and ruined were immeasurable that that we oftentimes see uh jordan belfort which i plan on doing a show on him uh wolf of wall street uh did a couple few years in prison and to this day walks the streets a free man uh was supposed to pay restitution to his victims and to my knowledge uh, and i have taught courses on white collar crime the last time i taught a course on it was uh probably a year year and a half ago maybe and uh to my knowledge at that time he had not paid almost any restitution to any of his victims, very little at all. But uh, he walks the streets. He's given seminars. Um, I saw a Facebook ad here a while back for a company that is using him for their spokesman uh, for a streaming service. And right away, I thought, well, I'll click that one off. Uh, that's one because I do plan on doing some streaming uh, shows in the near future. And, uh, you know, if they're willing to uh, let a snake like Jordan Belfort uh, you know, promote their company, then, uh, you know, not somebody I want to get involved with. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that really says something that nobody could really say anything good about the guy. As I said, he was just a born huckster and a, a born scam artist. Um, but and that that's something to say because, you know, he really didn't change, uh, you know, he really didn't change his uh, way of doing things. Um, he, uh, he continued to operate as a huckster. I, he ran scams from inside prison. Uh, I read about one before where he bought up all the ramen noodles, which, you know, my days when I was working in corrections, that was a hot commodity, if you will, in the uh, jail commissary because uh, it's, you know, one of the few hot snacks really that, uh, you know, these guys can get. And, uh, you know, so, you know, to them, it's a really valuable commodity. And he uh, bought up all that was available and was trying to basically sell and get him a little side hustle, you know, going on in prison. And it was reported that he was disciplined for running other types of scams. So, you know, sometimes once a scam artist, always a scam artist. And uh, Bernie Madoff was no different here. He continued to act that way uh, when he was in prison, um, you know, showed very little remorse. And that's one thing that white collar crime uh, criminals 
do share with our uh, common street criminals. You know, any of you that have worked in the criminal justice system, whether you've been a cop, correctional officer, probation officer, whatever, you know, one of the things is very few of the criminals actually will admit their crimes or accept responsibility. And that's very common among white collar criminals. They will justify, rationalize, um, very few accept full responsibility for, for their crime. They fit, really feel what they did was nothing wrong. And, uh, you know, the problem is, just like we saw in Madoff's case and so many others, you know, when somebody's a victim of a street crime, a lot of times, you know, they know the person or, you know, they know right away when it's happened, obviously. But uh, that's not the case in these white collar crimes. Unfortunately, people don't find out oftentimes till years later. And in this case, uh, you know, their life savings, everything they've worked hard for, the everything they've invested their extra money in, things like that are gone and they're vanished and they almost are never fully gotten back. And, uh, you know, we've seen scams like this over and over again and they just keep happening. Um, I've told my cl classes that I teach, I think, unfortunately, with the Internet and the technology that we have available to us today, uh, these type of crimes may unfortunately get a little bit easier uh, for these type of offenders to do. And uh, it seems like they never run out of creative ways to do this. But, uh, you know, and some of them are just these are dangerous people that we need to start taking more note of. Uh, you know, we, we pay plenty of attention to the, the street criminals the, and the danger they represent to us. But I think it's time that all of us, regardless of our politics or whatever, need to realize that there are people like that out there like Madoff and Belfort and people that are preying on us, especially, you know, not just, you know, and they're not just preying on, you know, the elderly and, and you know, vulnerable types that, uh, you know, these types of scams often do. These are, they're preying on everyday middle-class people. And, you know, like I said, again, destroying lives, businesses, marriages, uh, homes, investments, the list just goes on and on. And, you know, again, they very rarely pay a full punishment for it. And I'm going to go into, in another episode, a little bit more detail of, you know, some of the backgrounds and makeups and profiles that these guys have, because they do have a lot of patterns and a lot of very much similarities. But, uh, you know, just like a lot of other criminals, uh, they don't necessarily stop offending just because they go to jail. You know, I can tell you from my years, again, in working in corrections, there are plenty of assaults and things like that that continue to happen in prison. And uh, some of these hucksters do continue to uh, scam and scheme and uh, commit uh, white collar crime from uh, from jail or prison. So uh, it's uh, it's an unfortunate thing that uh, that does not stop. Um, he sought to be unsuccessfully pardoned from President Trump in 2019. Uh, thankfully, President Trump did not respond. Um, so he was not granted a pardon because at this time he had uh, some kidney ailments, some health problems, and uh, was told uh, that he only had about 18 months to live in, in February of 2020. So he sent an er sought an early medical release for a kidney ailment. Uh, again, did not happen. Um, finally just died uh, last week, April 16th, uh, 2021, in a federal prison in North Carolina. Um, you know, he's passed on. I believe he lost another son recently, um, you know, but he, you know, is dealing with his maker now. So, you know, it's up to God to decide what type of punishment that uh, he deals with from there. But, uh, you know, unfortunately for the, you know, many people, probably thousands of lives that he financially wrecked, um, their misery may go on and continue long after uh, long after Mr. Madoff has passed on. So who knows where, uh, 
you know, how long the legacy of uh, Mr. Madoff or, you know, will live in infamy because like, again, the lives that he wrecked are, uh, you know, so, uh, so atrocious, really. We will never really know the full damage, you know, and I've even heard uh, other numbers that it was even much higher than the 65 billion with a B of a scam that he, uh, that he wrecked. So, uh, you know, it's just really hard to say. Okay, but speaking of finance, there are a lot of people out there, I think, that honestly do want to help you. Uh, One of our listeners would like you to know, Mr. John Elak, that if you're looking for a loan for a multifamily unit, refinancing your existing properties, help with real estate investments, or how to expand your current real estate, call John at 386-503-1517, or you can email him at John Elak, that's J-O-H-N-E-L-A-C, three at aol.com that's john elac three at aol.com so again you should be able to continue to invest i don't think most of the people i know some good people that work in the financial industry i don't think the majority of them are out to uh rip you off or anything to that effect but uh we got to be more aware uh and i think we really do have to stick to the uh the old truth that if it is too good to be true it probably is and you know madoff's investments never showed a loss which any of you that have invested in you know stocks or any type of investment anytime you know that is just absolutely not possible i mean you know even in strong you know stock market times like we've had the last few years they can still be very roller coaster and up and down and uh you know if you're getting something promised to be too good to be true uh you know again most of the time it probably is um zeke rewards a lot of you guys may remember that from a few years ago that was a scam that uh you know got some people that we know personally and uh you know this we have to pay attention and uh because these lives that they wreck uh you know like i said oftentimes the people don't know they've been victimized till far down the road and also they don't know that uh you know, the extent of the damage of it till much later. And again, many times, you know, somebody gets uh, in a bar fight and gets punched in the face. Maybe they'll get a black eye and bruised, maybe a little bit of a bruised ego, but uh, you know, they're probably going to recover from that and move on. But when somebody gets attacked and, uh, or not attacked, but you know, attacked financially like this, and then somebody like uh, a Madoff is able to prey on them and destroy their financial life forever, you know, take their, end up having to cost them their home and everything that they hold sacred. That scar is likely to live on way, way longer than uh, the damage of something, you know, just like an ordinary common street crime. So, you know, we got to wake up and pay attention. You know, the, there's a, you know, a lot of, you know, we unfortunately in this country put uh, rich up on a pedestal and, uh, you know, and there are a lot of good rich people out there, but just like, uh, any other groups, they're not all good. And uh, we got to realize there are people like uh, Madoff, Belfort, and many other we'll talk about on this show that uh, are out to flat out rip you off and uh, take advantage of you in every way that you can. And, you know, I'm not a financial expert. I certainly can't give you any on this show. But if I would be able to part with some advice, uh, I would say uh, definitely be able to keep an eye out on if it does sound too good to be true, then it probably is. So want to, uh, you know, thank you as always for joining in to us. Uh, we've got some good shows coming up, uh, here, uh, 
coming up on uh, on the regular show with uh, Greg will be back to join me. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, some local unsolved crimes that we have here. And we're also going to talk about uh, uh, a very interesting theory on RH blood types, um, you know, and something you probably haven't heard a whole lot about. So I definitely recommend choosing into it. So. As always, uh, fellow deplorables and uh, Neanderthals, whatever they're calling us today, uh, we got to hang tight, hang together, uh, support our show. Please share uh, this show with your friends. Share us on Facebook. Uh, you know, there's also a Facebook part of our Facebook page where you can donate anywhere from 99 cents a month. You can donate to help our show out. It would be greatly uh, appreciated and help us during these times uh, to get the word out uh, and spread the truth. So, uh Thank you for listening. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you again. So uh, as always, take care.